1: This is On Boys Parenting Podcast.
0: We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink, mom of four boys. And I'm Janet Allison, teacher of many more. Thanks for joining us as we share real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. Want to stay up to date on the latest news and research about
1: boys? Subscribe to Building Boys Bulletin. It's a weekly newsletter that contains inspiration and encouragement, as well as links to and highlights of relevant articles, videos, and podcasts through the news so you don't have to. Get Building Boys Bulletin delivered directly to your inbox each Monday. To subscribe, go to buildingboys.net, enter your email, and click the red checkmark. You'll be taken directly to the subscription page. Subscribe today so you don't miss Building Boys Bulletin.
0: For boys in school, the summer slide is a thing. It means that skills go dormant and kids show up in the fall having forgotten what they've previously learned. Well, gosh, oh golly, add to that the super pandemic summer slide and wondering if school is ever going to resume. What about that slide? Jen and I have gotten lots of questions from parents wondering about how to keep their kids engaged over the summer, engaged in something besides screens so jen how do you think parents can make sure their kids keep up some semblance of basic skills but also take a break from this distance learning thing that has kind of driven us all crazy
1: you know it's interesting because when this started nobody had any idea how long it was going to go on so for purposes of survival all of us myself included, I'm thinking you too, we all spent way more time on screens than we're really comfortable with, but survival, you do what you have to do. Now that it's been about three months or more, you're right. There's a lot of parents looking around going, oh, I don't know if I wanna stay on this track all summer long. And you have parents coping with the fact that in many places, Summer camps, recreational activities have been canceled, so what am I gonna do with my kids? I want everybody to pause and breathe for just a moment. Number one, you have made it this far. Your kids are doing fine. You might not be totally doing fine, but you are still here. You can do this, you've already been doing it. Second thing, I did a little bit of research I know you're looking at me going, of course you did. Yes, yes, of course you did. So here's what I learned. This whole idea of the summer slide, that kids lose academic ground in the summer and we need to worry about that and try and keep them keeping up, that's only been around since about 1996. Oh, wow. It's not saying that it didn't exist necessarily before then, but that's when researchers started looking into that. And that's where um, a lot of this took off. And some of the more recent studies have shown, first of all, that the supposed losses in the summer aren't as great as what some people thought and are more of an issue with younger kids than older kids mm-hmm. for developmental reasons. And mm-hmm. I'm going to explain that. So, the, the most recent study that I could find showed that kids in third to fifth grade lost, on average, about 20% of their school year gains in reading. So, I mean, kind of a small number, actually, Mm -hmm. and about 27% of their school year gains in math over summer. Okay, park that knowledge. Younger kids are more prone to learning loss just because they're developing and changing so quickly. And think about that. You know, we all see this with our toddlers and our babies where they like gain a skill. And then as they get busy on the next skill, sometimes it's almost like they regress with that other one. Right there's so much going on that it's you can't go forward in all areas at one time exactly so keep that in mind the other thing that I found this research into summer learning loss or summer slide it's not conclusive at all and some researchers and developmental psychologists and educators are starting to think that it would be more accurate to consider it
0: like a summer slowdown A slowdown and also a reset. You know, we don't have to be pushing our kids constantly to uh, memorize their math facts and spell that next harder word. It is for mental health and especially this year, their mental health, their ability to play, have some downtime, get bored find their inner creativity and their passion projects. This is going to do better for your kids than sitting them down and quote-unquote homeschooling them throughout the summer. It is so much more about how they are feeling and how you're feeling too. And that
1: whole way of living and being that you just described. So encouraging the free play, encouraging the imaginative play, um, focusing on the relationships and mental health that is so effective. That is how we homeschooled when we homeschooled. It wasn't academic drilling as much as living and learning through life. You are a teacher of young children. You know, mm-hmm. you see all the ways that kids learn math skills while you're out for a walk because little, little boys, in particular, are natural collectors, they can't stop themselves so you suddenly have a pocket full of rocks well
0: then you sort them and you classify them and you count them math and that's what boys love to do pokemon cards baseball yes. cards dinosaur whatever whatever they love it and you can just you know ask some strategic questions if you want to and but just know that they are they are learning naturally they will have those skills when they go back to school. And bottom line, Jen, no one knows what school's going to look like in the fall. No one knows. We have ideas. And of course, school districts are putting out plans. But to be stressing now about, oh, my kid's going to be behind when they go back to school in the fall, just let that go. Everybody's going to be in their own place and it will be, and I really believe, and I say this as a teacher, teachers will not know until those kids are in the classroom with them, and they start that first lesson, then we're going to know what this pandemic has done for our children's learning abilities. And I I still go back to the place, if that kid sitting in that seat is a happy child and has had opportunities to play and their stress level is down, they're sponges, they're going to be excited and ready to learn once again. So
1: I read a New York Times article recently, and this New York Times article was talking about nature deficit disorder. Have you heard of this? I have. So for listeners, basically the idea is that we as humans are designed, we evolved historically to spend time in nature. That's really our natural habitat, and we function best with exposure to nature. With the lockdowns, with the quarantines, if you had a backyard Fantastic. Your kids still had access to it, but it was talking about, you know, people that lived in cities and didn't have that and the playgrounds were shut down. Parents really noticed a difference in their children. The positive for that, I think, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, increasingly with everything that we've gone through with the quarantines and the lockdowns, people are realizing time outside is crucial
0: uh-huh. and affects kids' behavior and learning. It absolutely does. And I always say it is the antidote to screens. If you're on screens, you need to spend equal or more time outside because it is our, as you said, we are biologically designed to be outside and it resets all of our stress and anxiety levels.
1: And you know what? If you have a kid who is not like a natural I want to ride my bike i want to play in the sandbox i have something outside i want to do kind of kid let them do whatever it is they do like doing outside maybe that's playing pokemon with their pokemon cards or sorting their cards or reading a book uh one thing i've been experimenting with this summer i journal every morning well i try to journal every morning on nice days i try and do it outside this is not physical activity at all this is literally me sitting in a lawn chair with a cup of coffee totally chill and relaxing, I notice a difference in my mood and in my capacity to handle things, just because I'm getting that time outside, even if I don't do anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's great for parents out there. Take note, go sit on the front steps and drink your coffee. Go even, you know, and I, I realize some of our listeners live in cities and they live in apartments, but even if you are by a window or an open window and you look out at the sky, that is helping your body and your stress level reset. They've done studies on it. It was in that article, which I'll link in the show notes, that
1: even people that just spent time looking out their windows watching the squirrels had a boost in their well-being compared to people that didn't have
0: access to nature, even via a window. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of stress levels, another New York Times article, which we will link in the show notes, uh, talks about a survey that was done called Stress in the Time of COVID-19, and this is on behalf of the American Psychological Association. So from April 24th to May 4th, think about where you were and what you were doing at that time, they found that 46%, almost half of parents with children under 18 said their stress level was high. I'm surprised it's that low, 50%, right? That's That's why I'm laughing. Come on. Less than half? 28% of adults without children who said their stress level was high. So then they did a second survey from May 21st to June 3rd that found while 69% of parents were looking forward to the school year being over. 60% said they were struggling to keep their children busy. And 60% said they have no idea how they are going to keep their child occupied all summer. So let's talk about this. We
1: really have to break this down. This is in some ways a very uniquely American problem because our society, our culture You almost need two parents working to be able to afford the necessities of life. School and day camps for most people are the childcare that allows them to work. So this has become our norm. I wanna remind parents that kids do not need to be in school or day camps or childcare to thrive. Kids learn and grew and matured before when they weren't in day camps in the summer. And you know what? Your parents and your grandparents were not planning summers full of academically enriching activities for the children. So many times it was the go outside and play. Mm -hmm. Or in my family,
0: the kids are helping work on the farm. That's what summer was. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have gotten into the societal shift of parents becoming their children's playmates. Mm-hmm. And this is where, I mean, as, as this pandemic has done for so many things, it's opened the cracks. It's made us really have to look at where are the gaps in our family culture, in society at large, but this place where we as parents, and part of it is because Parents are working all day. They come home and they're finally with their kids and they want to play with their kids and engage their kids. And the weekend comes and you want to do stuff with your kids. So our kids have been raised to expect that parental interaction. But as you were saying, you know, when you were kids, you're working on the farm or you're out the door in the morning, come back when it's dark. I don't remember my parents sitting on the floor and playing with me it just they didn't like they were working and we didn't really want them to be playing with right. us because we were outside with our buddies we were building forts we were playing kickball swimming and and yet it, it's become expected that we need to entertain our kids and right. being able to be alone Be able to entertain yourself alone, you know, to be able to just sit and read a book by yourself, to enjoy having that space just with yourself that you don't have to have the constant input is talking about mental health. That is good for us as human beings. And we need to learn that as children. And it is a learned behavior. So, guess what, parents? It's time to look at that. And part of it is, you can think of it as a 1545 so if you are you know you got some work to do but there's your child and what am i going to do besides set them in front of a screen give them 15 minutes of you your complete and i mean complete undivided attention the phone is off the you know your thoughts of work and what has to happen that day put those in the back of your mind and be totally, completely focused with your child. 15 minutes will likely buy you 45 minutes of they're on their own, they're playing. Part of that too is also recognizing how many times do you jump when your child says, I need this, or can you get me that? It's time to kind of let that go a little bit, stretch out the time encourage them to take care of what they need, building that muscle for our kids of it's actually okay for you to be playing on your own. They may be beside you in your office next to, mm-hmm. you know, your work, but they're doing their own thing.
1: Mm-hmm. i you- never heard the 1545 thing before, but I did learn that while I was working from home with children and homeschooling, If you give them some concentrated upfront attention, then you can kind of steal away and have some time to focus on whatever. Your mileage may vary depending on the age of your children and the personality of your children and what's going on that particular day, but it's very effective.
0: And this takes some guilt away, dear parents that are listening. You don't have to feel guilty if you're not playing with your child all day, every day. Here's the thing. If you sit down with your kids and you really engage in something for
1: 15 minutes, and one thing I used to do with my boys a lot when they were littler was we would play with Play-Doh, homemade Play-Doh, right? And they never played with Play-Doh what I considered the right way. So according to me, the right way is you use that little dough factory and you make the little <laughs> coils and the stars and like you, you use the equipment the way it's meant to be made. Nope. My boys would do everything but that with it. They made bullets one time. We had a whole bullet making factory. They would pat it down and make roads and drive matchbox cars on it. But my point is, if I would sit down with them and play for 15 minutes, right? This is where boys' tendency to get really engrossed in an activity plays in your favor. Because guess what? They might not want to stop at 15 minutes. So you say, hey, I really got to get to work. You're welcome to keep playing. Yeah, you're going to get Play-Doh on the
0: floor. Let it go. It's totally worth it to have some work time. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so get them started on a Play-Doh project, on a fort building project, on a craft project, what, you know, building block project, cardboard box project. Just get them started and let them go. And the other part of this, Jen, I think that is important for parents to... Uh, gain some self-awareness around is how many times do we interrupt our children when they are in focused play? Yeah. Yeah. So notice that too. And it might be, you know, sure it's dinner time, whatever, but there, there are times when we interrupt, interject, when They're actually in that single-focused place, in that concentrated place, tiptoe around them and let them keep going. Mm -hmm. It's training their brains. It's training their bodies to be focused and you're getting time. I mean, go outside on the porch and drink your cup of coffee while while they're engrossed. And that's not on screens.
1: armoire.style slash on boys that's armoire.style a r m o i r e dot style slash on boys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again try armoire today one of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing For way too many people, the answer seems
0: to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke.
1: Not. And you know what? Back to uh, time in nature and screens. If you have a kid who is really into his screens, and most of them are right now, I understand that the ideal is to be out in nature without screens. But listen, if you can get your kid, say, fine, just take your phone and go outside and play on your phone for 30 minutes. That's still a step forward, in my opinion. I think that's brilliant, Jen. Still a step forward. Now, if you are a parent and you have older kids and you're the kind of parent that likes a little bit of structure, I ran across a brilliant idea online last week, Janet. This one woman, her name is Uma Hansen. She and her husband had actually talked about with their children that like they're smart and they're doing academically fine in school, but there's a lot of like the life stuff that they don't know yet. And let's face it, a lot of us, in the busyness of our lives, we've sort of glossed over and skipped teaching our kids a lot of this stuff. So, this woman and her husband have created what they called a common sense camp for their children for this summer. And she's got it loosely structured out. So, for instance, um, week two, kitchen confidence, we'll go over fundamentals like reading a recipe, knife skills, cleanup. And at the end of the week, each kid is responsible for making dinner for the family. Nice. Other weeks include um, do-it-yourself, cover how to use common tools, change a light bulb, final project options for the week, hanging a picture, assembling a piece of IKEA furniture, or painting a wall. I love this. Right? So they brainstorm together what are some of the things we need to do. Um, Other weeks include safety and emergency preparedness personal finance, um, social skills. I love this one. She said, she wrote, um, we wanna go beyond just being polite and we will practice having difficult conversations such as apologizing, offering condolences, or responding to an offensive joke.
0: This is awesome. And I know that you are going to link to this article in Amen. the show notes. You and I have talked often about amplifying life skills and how important it is to do that. And this just totally puts that in a framework that parents can dip into and follow.
1: And reminds us that right now, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are all home more than we usually have been. Mm-hmm. We're at a loss. We don't have our usual activities. Let's use this time. Yeah. Let's use this time and intentionally, without being uh, super prescriptive about it, teach our kids some of these skills. Insist that they practice some of these skills.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw a dad and a daughter out in a parking lot yesterday, and it was quite clear that he was teaching her how to change a tire. I loved it. And we will also link in the show notes you may have run across this uh, uh, man on YouTube that is uh has videos about all the all these life skills, how to fix a faucet, how to change a tire, and we'll link to that in the show notes also because he's he's getting quite a bit of attention of how to do all those simple things that you know we gloss over because we've been so busy, but now it's really time and I think in this too, Jen, is what we also say a lot, is your boys want to be capable. They want responsibility. They thrive on that. So give them a problem. Have them figure out how to solve it. Hey, the bathroom sink is leaking. What do you think needs to happen with that? And let them go. And, you know, come back with a plan. Tell me, you know, what tools are you going to need? What are the steps? All the things. And let, let him do it and let him mess up. And sure, you might have a mess to clean up. Like, make sure he turns the water off under the sink first. But, you know, they'll figure that out just as we have had to do in our in our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't have a handyman to just call and say, come and fix this. I figure it out myself. And we want that for our kids too. And our kids, more than we had, have access to YouTube.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Our kids know, huh, there's this problem with the drain on the sink. I'll Google it. I'll YouTube it. I'll see what comes up. They can do that. And it empowers them to do that. And when we're talking about screens, it shows our children that this is a tool that we can use. It's not just entertainment. It's a
0: tool. Yeah. Yeah yeah
1: there is a documentary that's on netflix right now about garth brooks the country singer and garth brooks has three daughters so not boys but three daughters and if you're not familiar with all of his work you probably know that he is wildly successful and famous and i'm sure he's got all kinds of money because of that he took a 14 year gap in his career and focused on his children and His girls and he in this documentary talk about in the summer, he always had a project for them. They always had to do a project. And one summer it was building a bridge crossing this Creek on their property. And it was like, we're not talking a little Creek we're talking pretty big. And the girls are saying he had us up every morning at six in the morning and we had to go out there. We did everything. We poured the concrete footings. We put in, you know, everything. They did it themselves. And he did pay them, um, but he also took out taxes. They mentioned that too. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I found that so interesting and illustrative and instructive because this is Garth Brooks. He has the resources to hire anybody. He does not have to build a bridge on his property at all, but he was out there working with his daughters. And so by definition, he's showing them they're learning, they're trying, they're screwing up, try it again, that didn't work, do it again. By the end of that summer, they all had much more a sense of their competence and capability then they would have if Garth Brooks had called up a bridge guy and said, hey, put in this bridge.
0: Exactly. That's brilliant. And parents, don't worry. You don't have to build a bridge. It can be as simple as making that, figuring out that dinner or problem solving that project. It's But the competence and capability of your child when they succeed and when they don't succeed and they have to problem solve.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So wrapping back around to academic summer slide, there are a few things that you can be doing in the summer to support your child in that vein. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one is reading. Yep. And this is, you know, reading a, a chapter book as a family. It is reading out loud. It is providing lots of different kinds of reading materials and, I have my teacher hat on right now, but research has shown that boys don't think of themselves as readers. Mm -hmm. They just, they, they get the notion that a reader quote unquote is sitting with a, you know, war and peace and reading (laughs) this big thick book, maybe Harry Potter, but that you're sitting still. And you're reading a book, which is how often how women tend to read. So pointing out to your son that reading the back of the cereal box is reading, reading the instructions for that Lego project is reading, and being really just very obvious about that. Reading your Pokemon cards is reading. Yes, absolutely. And so supplying a lot of reading materials, boys tend to like to read in smaller chunks. So of course, comics, graphic novels, instruction manuals, magazines, all those kinds of things can spark his interest and continued interest in reading.
1: And I want to put in a plug for audiobooks, because Mm -hmm. if you have a kid who has a hard time with this sitting down, a lot of boys, um, audiobooks are great because they can be working in their bedroom, building with their Legos, um, doing something, tinkering with an engine in the garage, if you're talking about my Sam, and listening to an audiobook at the same time. And no, it's not exactly the same as reading print, but there's still uh, reading comprehension and storytelling and language and vocabulary.
0: It all helps. Yeah, yeah. So just you know, making, being conscious about that and making time for play, have fun together as a family, you know, have that water balloon fight, have play, do sock wrestling, whatever, play spoons. Um, There's so many ways to just be silly and have fun with your kids. And it's okay, parents, you need to have that kind of silly time also. Yes. Card games are
1: fantastic. Um, Card games and board games both have a lot of inherent math in them.
0: Don't tell your children. No, don't tell – exactly. You don't tell them this, but you just do these things. Yeah. There are so many great, like, speed card games. And we used to play solitaire with probably – we'd have a dozen friends over, and you'd play in fours, and you put the cards up on four Ah. people's aces. And then you'd trade around and, and you, you know, speed is inherent, a little competition, eye hand coordination. I mean, it's just so much fun. So again, if you aren't a card player, have your kid research a card game on YouTube and teach it to the family. You know what? I just remembered that when I was a kid in
1: summer, the two things that I remember most doing with my siblings, and there's six of us and we all remember this. We watched a lot of The Price is Right with Bob Barker. There's math there, believe it or not. There is math there with the bidding and the prices. And the other thing that we watched a lot of was Reading Rainbow with LeVar Burton. And we can all still sing that theme song to this day. So we were watching TV, but there was skills building in that as well. And then the other thing we did was we played
0: outside because there wasn't anything else to do. There you go. So I hope this has been helpful for you parents that, you know, you can relax a little bit. Your child is going to be fine. You are going to be fine. Lower your expectations. Give yourself some grace. Play. Get outside. So Jen, I got your Building Boys Bulletin in my inbox today. I love getting this email every single week from you because it gives me so much information. I can just skim through it and say, yes, that's what I need to know more about this week. I am so impressed with the vast array of information. How on earth do you bring this all together?
1: I have been combing through the news for uh, articles and resources about boys for years.
0: Of course, bringing all this information together, spending all that time sifting and sorting so that parents don't have to, and pulling it together in the Building Boys Bulletin has to cost something.
1: It does take a lot of time. And that's why I am charging a subscription for the weekly newsletter. You can subscribe for $5.99 a month or $60 a year.
0: How do our listeners access this valuable resource?
1: Go to buildingboys.net. There is a place right on the homepage, red outlined box, enter your email address, click, and it will take you directly to the subscription page buildingboys.net. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men.